Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I, I just like to imagine so and like obviously every time I say it out loud I do the bit it's like oh like oh now I'm pitching to the sharks right but like in my mind it's not like that what's that's what's happening in my mind I'm pitching the bit to you guys and then this is it's the bit is the, the bit is actually a meta commentary on my own internal monologue but anyway I'm, it's called hashtag predator lifestyle and you see people talk about like alpha or sigma or this this kind of like or like you know and then and it's like racialized there's like incel shit there's all this like stuff going on but if you want everybody to be together you know what's what okay you're an alpha wolf you're a sigma wolf you're an omega wolf you're beta wolf. we're all predators together okay what about that so why don't we all let's all be predators on the internet together so I ha- I've got the domain PredatorsTogether.com. All right. Okay, PredatorsTogether.com. Go to pred- Couldn't get it registered as a .org? No. <laughs> not going to get those tax breaks. No, All right, that's no. not going to work out favorably No, this is you. not a nonprofit. No, I need money. Okay. No. It's Predators Together, and what we do is we go around predating. Okay? Predating. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Speed dating. Speed dating. Oh, going on but, like little 30, 45 but second how, dates. But how does the pre get involved? That's right. That's right. You're gonna date the person. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna speed date the person long before you'd ever date them. Are you with me, fellas? Are you with me, sharks? That's right. You meet your future spouse as a child, and you do a quick little speed date. <laughs> Do a quick little speed date, a predate, if you will, a predation, and then, then once Secur- they're older, Secur- you can security. decide if you want can we get to date. To, you to can decide. File, please. So it's in a supervised is, environment. It's a supervised. What, you're you're not predating Mr., in the wild. Why is Mister Wonderful <laughs> so interested? Why isn't the security button working? I can't get anybody over the intercom. You know what? Why are you guys of- quietly quitting from this bit? All of this, speaking, all of this was to associate of, a horrible pedophilic joke with Shark Tank. Speaking of predators that need money, hey, we're gonna get into that show. Kevin it O'Leary, sounds... Mr. Wonderful, ah, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. did you know he spends thirty thousand dollars a year on haircuts? How much does he spend to keep that one tooth ow. brown? <laughs> I Probably just, too much. Ow. That's that's what I don't get about sick rich fades. Like, just real real sick quick before fades. I get into the intro, that's what I, I don't get. Like I, people will be like, they spent forty thousand dollars a year on capers, and I'm just like, fucking, where, 
Well, like, okay. What are you? Where are you getting all of these? I would. Who's I your supplier? listen. I would. Who's I pushing capers. Listen, listen. If they want to spend money on shit like that, that's fine. I'm happy they're spending it. Yeah. At least they're not. I'm ha- at least they're spending. They're stimulating it. the economy in yeah, this economy. Yeah. At least they're. Yeah. At least they're not just hoarding it like a goddamn dragon. I'm. I'm hoarding all, right. all my well, let's, wealth. Let's like get a into dragon. the show. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, the show where we three sharks attempt to swim our way through the murky waters of the world and deliver some of our prehistoric truth to your ears. My name is Justin St. Peter, and if you cut me open, you're going to find a couple of license plates to my left. It's Colin Stanley. When I move into a neighborhood, I have to go around telling everybody I'm a cartilaginous fish to my left. Uh, my name is Tyler, and, uh, if I don't keep moving forward, I just die. So. <laughs> All right, Shark facts! We're, we're gonna get back to, uh, back and to part three. Uh, Tyler, you know what, we're, we're just gonna keep this one uh, steady going. Tyler, take us away. Alright, so, uh, off the last episode, I told you all to put a pin in a certain little, uh, recently deregulated energy market that is California. Mm, the California market. That California dreaming. Such a so. Yeah, oh my god, Brick, can we cut in the Alex Jones clip of him just, like, vibing out to the mamas and the papas? Because yes, honestly, can. I will find I, it. I hate Alex Jones, but I love him in, in that brief moment when we're connected through. All the leaves are, all the leaves are brown, and the sky is gray. All the and the sky is gray. That song is playing all of humanity is connected in a way that was Can not possible before Can. that song. I, I listened to that song in, like, good headphones for the first time, and I didn't realize how stereo it was. I know, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's so fucking crazy. And, but anyway. And he's just, like, over top, just like, Fucking Democrat Party. <laughs> They're laying eggs. I will eat your leftist ass. They are, they are taking our kids and they are putting uh, octopus eggs into their hearts so that when they explode, the tentacles will writhe from inside their brains and deliver their souls straight to the That's, Catholic abyss. I like that song because. That's why you have to him. vote the midterms, people. It did get him real, it got him real hyped up. <laughs> But nothing ever gets him hyped up as Glenn Fry's "You Belong to the City." Oh my God! No, there's nothing that dude, gets Alex nothing Jones gets hyped up like me. beating his wife and his kids. Dude, nothing gets me as hyped up as you. You belong to the. It's oh my God! I'm on the street. It's so it's so good. It's such a fucking perfect song. Me and Alex Jones, like he and I, stripped to politics, we would be fucking best friends. We'd, you you guys would be so we close. would be so oh a raging alcoholic who loves doing fucking drugs loves smoking weed hates the government loves conspiracy theories believes you know in what, aliens Justin? and shit I this guy's perfect he sounds like a great guy but then he's also a Nazi and then it's just fuck off the list yeah, yeah. off the list it all it all gets ruined you know what Rinse Justin it. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the clip that I used to have in my soundboard that I don't use anymore of uh <laughs> him him singing uh hungry like the wolf oh, thank you or no 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 like yes it is hungry like the wolf I will uh, I will send that to you for all of our listeners <sighs> and uh, y- you guys oh, have fun do. with that it's gonna play now oh no I was thinking anyway. like roll it into the fucking yep, intro. no you're just gonna you're just gonna roll it in right now no. anyway 
can we, can anyway. we get a link? I need a hot drop. That's what I need. It's a cold anyway. Drop. So, you're welcome, listeners. Um, California, okay? California! Knows how to party. Well, they sure do know how to do rolling blackouts. We'll get to it. So, um, California... Which, if you remember, Enron merged with PGE Portland General Electric, giving them a strong foothold in the Pacific Coast electricity market, which recently, in 1992, had become deregulated statewide. Sorry, 1992, um, there was uh, deregulation moves federally. That's my fault. Um, But in 1992, companies including Enron practiced a tactic to form laws around their will in order for them to mac- maximize profit called corruption i'm sorry lobbying ah, yeah that great american <laughs> institution <laughs> yep this is the act of but, lobbying mm-hmm. but in following that in 1996 under pressure from independent power producers the Californian government passed a bill to even further deregulate their energy market. 40% of California's installed capacity, about 20 gigawatts of electricity from their 50 in total, was sold to these power producers. This electricity was sold from the California Power Exchange, PX, in a day-ahead-only market. And the reason why it was day-ahead-only was so day-to-day swings in energy prices would not be affected as severely due to supply disruptions uh, in the lines and demand spikes during hot weather. Mm. Oh, hot weather is something that never happens in Southern California. Mm -hmm. Yes, Colin? You said they were independent power providers? Correct. When, when, When utilizing the word independent to describe companies that are behaving, sorry, organizations, because we don't know if they're Mm -hmm. actually companies or not, uh, are behaving in this way uh what about them makes them independent it is, is independent it... independent from the government because that is who controlled oh the other so, um so <laughs> the other 60 percent of the uh the installed Such capacity bullshit. In California. like that's but obviously that's just like like a complete like that's just a way to pitch it like they're small exactly. businesses like, yeah like yeah when they're giant I, you know what yeah. i buy my electricity from mon pa electric up the road yeah i i oh, get yeah. my artisan water piped down from flint every morning it's it's like how my i free range organic it's like natural how... gas I always make the joke about electricity is just electricity. It's not like there's one better than the other. Electricity is electricity. There's not an electricity sommelier sticking forks in outlets yeah. and being like, oh, oh, that's 121. The issue like, is service, no. yeah, maintenance, like people... and infrastructure quality. Exactly. That's yeah. the only thing. And if and it's, it's infrastructure quality, which infrastructure... Uh, hypothetically should be the same across the board in a uh, nationalized electrical grid. Should be. Should be. So. Dude, it is like... I've just been... I've been seriously... I've been having just like these like very intense just hypnagogic episodes paralyzed with from the weed oil. Uh, Just dreaming of like train and subway stations with so much space and room and then like just like sitting on the train with a little notebook and drinking a coffee and going to work and just like not wanting to die and then i wake up and i'm stuck here and it's just like just i get why the guy in the hp story the hp lovecraft story was like fuck this i'm out like 
I get why he's just like, no, I'll stay there. Fuck this I'm not, shit. I'm, I'm not going back. You can't make me go back. I'm staying here forever. Yeah. So. This is the note. <laughs> That's the <thing>. But um, <laughs> something happened in California <laughs> after this uh, deregulation happened. Um, and pretty much everything I'm going to be talking about is um, from 1999 until 2000 or 2001. I can't remember exactly when it ended, but I will get to it. Um, the problem was is that the power companies were instituting rolling blackouts in the winter, which is really, really weird because California's power grid is actually very resilient due to having uh, installed capacity of about 50 megawatts. Um, and using 45 during the hottest, hottest parts of the summer, when everybody's running their AC, you know, electricity demand is at its highest, and only using about 25 to 30 megawatts during the winter. So there's plenty of headroom uh, on the power during the winter, but for some reason, rolling blackouts were going all across the state during the winter of 1999 to 2000. Why? Well, why? We'll get to that. Oh, oh. Oh. Don't worry. Did the plane? Did they know about nine eleven? And they were like, <laughs> they absolutely they knew about nine eleven. So it's, follow, we all know that the CIA knew about nine eleven. Yep. Following this, in the year two thousand, uh, not the uh, the wholesale price of electricity was deregulated, but retail prices that these companies could charge the consumers were frozen. They had a they had a hard cap of saying you can't charge more than this, right? All right, yeah, price caps. Those yep. are, you know, price cap, price reasonable. Caps, price cap yeah. reasonable, reasonable Something on every a on a does. consumer like an it's, end user part. It's a Absolutely. Great way to prevent so, inflation. Something you could mm-hmm. uh, technically put on a oh, I don't know, basically every Anything? necessity that is, you know, commodified here like, you yep. know, pharmaceutical, yeah, water, utilities, fucking. housing. Wow, th- think yep. about that, housing. Yeah, it's like, oh, Whoa. you can't but you can't charge more than X amount for an apartment in this state or this country. That'd be cool. That'd be sick. <laughs> that's that's unfair. Rent control and socialism. Yeah. Yeah, what are you, some fucking commie pinko? Yes, I am. Anyway, so this uh, these market caps were made off of the expectations of the energy companies that lobbied for this deregulation that these rates would always be higher than the wholesale price of energy, which could still fluctuate. Um, That didn't last long. Of course. Now, this deregulation actually did the opposite of what energy companies wanted. It sharply drove up the price of electricity wholesale and did not have any incentive for distributors to make more electricity to drive down prices. Now, that they could charge anything they wanted for wholesale, the price went up. It's funny how that works. Yeah, it's really weird how that works. So, these producers <laughs> if, would use... If I set the floor, you're telling me if I set the floor, and I'm I'm the only person, I'm the only person who's controlling price. I'm the only person who's allowed to control the price. You're telling me that then, when I'm the only person who's allowed to, and it goes up, it's because I'm, I made it go up, because I always wanted to go up, because that's why I was against caps in the beginning, not because this bullshit you know economist reason but because i yep. just wanted to steal from people line my pockets cool yep that can't possibly awesome. be true. so um <laughs> producers would use moments of spike electricity when not much was going on 
uh, and they used that to artificially inflate the price. So energy producers would shut down plants for a period of time to increase the price. Eventually, the wholesale price became higher than the capped retail price, and the actual use of electricity wasn't affected by these wholesale prices because why would they? Just because the wholesale price got higher than the retail price, that doesn't mean people are going to use less electricity. Independent power producers manipulated the prices of electricity, uh, and they started withholding energy production and making fake transmission constraints to raise the price of electricity. Oh, you mean like every internet service provider does when you try to get mm -hmm. service fucking anywhere? Is there like, yep. yeah, yeah, we can't go there because, uh, like... Yeah, it's going to cost you, like, $40,000 like to run a fucking ago, 100 megabit, yeah. Six years ago, there was some sort of corporate divvying up of a much lesser cellular company, and because of that, we do not service anybody who lives between these, this area. You're fucked. There's nothing you can do. Yep. You're fucked. Mm, I'm sorry. Yeah it's, so, yeah, it's just fucking jerk-off shit. It's fucking awful. Yep. So this type of demand is called an inelastic demand due to the energy companies not being able to pass on these higher prices to consumers because of the cap on retail prices. They were forced to come up with creative ways to game the system because they were basically operating at a complete loss right now. The wholesale price was higher than what they could legally charge. Because yeah, it turns out when you, when you hike prices up like that, it's not good for anybody. No, it's not. <laughs> One man and those at Enron forever has negative outcomes. What? <laughs> Just charging more money for no reason doesn't work. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't oh, worry. Christ. Don't worry. The boom bust cycles. Oh, I wasn't worried. Just angry. So, one man at Enron named Tim Belden was at the center of this whole thing. So, Tim Belden, and I'm going to be completely honest, was nothing short of a fucking genius. An evil genius, but a genius nonetheless. He started working in the industry at a Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, needing a job in the early 90s, and was able to master uh, their spreadsheets in multiple computer languages in a few days. Okay. So, he's Goddamn. fucking smart. Like, yeah, too smart. Yeah, study. Yeah. Um, and he was a fervent believer in the old moniker, the freer the market, the freer the people. Mm. <laughs> hey, you know what? At, that old hogwash. Why don't you fucking ask the Democratic Republic of Congo what a, what a, mm. what a, what a free yep, market yeah. did to free their people? But <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, um, and he eventually became the uh, vice president of Enron and was the head of their entire West Coast trading market. As soon as the deregulation bills passed, he spent days poring over them to find loopholes so Enron could exploit them, and he found an abundance of them. And I will name you some of the loopholes that he found. These, oh these come from, like, memos that he put out. Okay? I'm going to name, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six uh, different loopholes. This is a real in-depth look at corporate scumbaggery we're getting here. Thank mm -hmm. you, Monfort. No problem. So, the first one, it's called Death Star. And basically what they did was uh, they... Did they blow up Alderaan? Uh, well, they shuffled energy around the California power grid to receive payments uh, from the state for relieving congestion. 
And according to the company's <laughs> own memo, they would be paid for moving energy to relieve congestion without actually moving any energy or relieving any congestion. And also cause... Oh, I love how they're like, it doesn't even solve the problem! No, it doesn't! It's just, just enthusiastically! Yeah. Um, the next one was called Fat Boy. Uh, this scam also involved overscheduling power transmission, for example, to a company's subsidiary that would r not really need all of it, and then Enron would sell the excess power to the state at a premium. I, I pictured the Fat Boy plan to be much more predicated upon uh, uh, a, a stout little German boy who has to steal hamburgers. No, he's a fat... His, no, he's just he's stealing his, energy. His little, his little family, his tiny little mouse family who lives underneath the stairs. And he has to he has to put on a little burglar mask and sneak into the hamburger hut to steal the um, burgers. And he goes, oh, oh, I... Oof, oh, oof. My father is the Burgermeister. I'm oh, so sorry for stealing ein burgers, mein Burgermeister, but mein... My mouse frau girlfriend's not... family must eat the burgers. <laughs> my mouse And frau. I can't feed them food from my house because they're Jewish. Oh, okay. No, Jewish? That's, what, that's what the graphic novel Mouse taught me. Is that uh, all mice are Jewish? Yes. So, cats are we're, we're, getting away, no, we're getting away from this one. We're gonna, we're gonna talk more uh, about how the, the the effect that Kyle or Colin's childhood literature had on him on another show someday some way. Yep, they put so, me in a gifted class. Um, the next one was called Ricochet, which was their most uh, profitable one they did. Okay. Um, now called Megawatt Laundering, uh, Ricochet was the power equivalent to a land flip. Buy oh, in-state power cheap, flip it uh, out of state to an intermediary, and then resell it to California at a highly inflated imported price. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like it's like bottling a bunch of shitty, disgusting garbage wine uh, in New Jersey, shipping it to Italy, having Italy ship it back, and be like, it's imported Italian wine. Yeah. <laughs> It's yep. Scumbag shit. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, judge. You know, I'm in a lake. No, this isn't just Pruno. This is imported Italian wine. Uh, I definitely did not bottle this in my own backyard. What a nice. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Why don't you go get yourself a cheesesteak? That was. That, I don't know what it. It was like. It was such a good Italian accent, but it, that's like an Italian Midwest accent. Like that's like that's somebody that you knew. That's. That's oh, that's that was like Chicago Italian. Yeah, that that's was, like that Midwest. That, that guy's going for a hot beef. He's going. Uh, oh, hot beef. Hot beef. You jag off. Did you guys yeah, watch hat, the bear yet? Hot beef. You fucking jag off. I did you guys go watch the Wrigleyville? Did you guys watch the fucking bear yet? No. No. Hot beefs. It's all about hot beefs. I know. Beefs. It's about. I don't hot have time beefs. to watch television anymore. I don't have. The, the a episodes TV. are half an hour. The episodes are half an hour. They're it's on not Hulu. The length. Fucking watch it. I don't it. have a television. Watch it. It's on Hulu. So, the next one, uh, Black Widow. Enron intentionally introduced errors to potentially money-losing transaction and would use those errors to invalidate transactions if they lost money. That's, no. Oh, they, they just no. installed a secret take-backs clause. Yeah, that's, yep, that, takes these backsies. That, this is like a Bond... Like, you guys fucked up! This is, this is a, a Bond villain fucking plan. 
and, and Bond villain, Bond villain plan? Are you fucking kidding me? This is office space. Yeah, this is like Austin Powers. No, what I'm shit. saying no, but like no. Did you watch fucking Skyfall? Skyfall was just like literally like we figured out that you you're really bad at password security and that's oh no i just i wasn't paying attention to that i was just paying attention to how bad of a father james bond was no that's that's a later that's a later movie was it i don't know i haven't, I haven't watched any of the daniel craig ones. yeah they're not they're they're fine it's pierce brosnan was my was my james bond i i the only the the only memory of james bond i had before adulthood was a, the scene from octopussy when he beats a when he beats a woman <laughs> <laughs> in the ocean <laughs> and yeah and uh i think it's uh i think it's q who who rolls up and he goes he goes it's like james what are you doing messing around down there and sean connery goes practicing my breast stroke and it's like that is not appropriate what a, what a fucking line. that is Good inappropriate God. but at the time i was like Truly, yeah, this genius. is genius. Absolute this genius. Is, Ian Fleming is unparalleled. Uh, this is why James Bond is considered by many to be a classic of modern cinema. Sean Connery's performance in Octopussy is stunning, even to uh, my own sophisticated seven-year-old mind. See, meanwhile, I'm like, Pierce Brosnan's my James Bond, because John Cleese was his cue, and every time he said shake and not stirred, I clap my hands like a fucking seal. <laughs> Shake and not stirred. Shake and not stirred. He did the thing! So, um, the next one is called Bigfoot. Uh, Enron introduced low electricity bids but signed them as a competitor, depressing energy prices to enable low-priced Enron purchases? Uh, that, so fraud. That, that's, that's just fraud. That's, yeah, that's Rockefeller. Just fraud. Rockefeller used to do that shit, uh, to other fucking oil companies. He would, yep. he would, like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he would like he would like run ads that like oil companies had like gone out of business or were like like insolvent and shit. Like you like you yep. like Benjamin Franklin did the same thing to a, a rival newspaper, and he bragged about it in his autobiography that he ostensibly wrote for like life advice to his bastard son. He was he's like yeah, one time when I was running a newspaper, I made everybody think that this bitch who was competing against me was dead. And because of that, his paper went out of fucking business. What a dumb bitch. What a dumb bitch. <laughs> no, it's... The ru- that was the, lesson, the guy who was related to the fucking Jersey Devil? The lesson is to always have an upper hand. No. Th- that... Yeah, no, it was. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't think I'm so. I'm pretty sure that's related to the level... The legend of the Jersey Devil. Because one of the guys who fucking... Who was related to that family also wrote almanacs that competed with poor riches. Yes, 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 you are correct. Yes, it was part of that. You are correct. That's so fucking yes. funny. It's great. I love it. My dad loves Benjamin Franklin, and he doesn't realize that he loves him because he was also a shitty father. And Benjamin Does Franklin wore stockings. fucking old ladies? No, my dad loves fucking, I think, discreet younger men... And also, any woman. And I mean, Benj- Benjamin Franklin owned slaves and wore stockings, so he can These get are, fucked. I, I have zero facts to back this up. This is all conjecture. Just want to say, pure speculation. This is not defamatory. This is a, my father. We have a personal relationship. He has, at times, uh, told anecdotes that indicate some sort of uh, closeted nature to his sexuality. And at times, I speculate for... Uh, a humorous reaction 
Uh, none of this should be taken with any intent, any malicious intent to do damages to my father. Honestly, all I have to say is that you got to cut all this. Colin's speculation on his no, <laughs> Colin's speculation on his father's sexuality has honestly become one of my favorite topics of conversation. It's so funny, such a queeny little bitch. Oh my god! Because it's just like it's the amount of like you know we try not to judge the way other people talk about you know their interactions with other people because it's the twenty first century, right? You, you know you don't want to assume anything about you know how other people interact with other people and then you hear justin, about some of the shit that this guy justin, does and you go man that's a little gay okay there was a period there was a time where my i i'd had i got into an accident on the freeway in the middle of the winter in my car some dumb bitch had spun our fucking car out into me and i had to get my car towed and so my dad showed up to help me get my car towed because he I'd, I'd gotten the accident right near his uh, his office building and he he came out he was he was like talking to me he's like he's like i'll I'll give you a lift or whatever uh back home and uh he he goes to like go talk to the tow truck driver because he you know he's he offered to pay for me and he he goes uh he goes uh all right is uh is there anything else uh, i can do for you today handsome <laughs> what the fuck yeah that's it's a little game, man. And uh, the guy goes, "You're good." And my dad's like, "All right." And then the waves get back, and I was like, kind of, I was standing at my dad's car, like, 15 feet away, <laughs> and like, I feel like me and the guy made eye contact, and we're both like, "Did he just say what that? Did I just hear that? Did he just that would happen?" <laughs> and then like, we get in the car. My dad closes the door. Second, he closes the door. Did you really just call him handsome? Did you really? Just call and he him goes, handsome? he goes, yeah. People like to be told they're attractive, right? And in that moment, I'm like, you're fucking insane. You're a crazy person. That's psychotic. <laughs> oh god, that's incredible. What, what the fuck, fuck is that? Really? Shit is that's that? fucking amazing. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> that's you know what that's not even just a little bit gay it's like yeah people like to be called attractive when they're you know somebody who's trying to fuck is approaching them. honestly the chill that that reply sent down my spine it's the same as when i first heard ted bundy's tell the jury they were wrong like tell the jury it was like it was that that moment of just like revealing more than they intend in that moment of just like What's happening back there, Dad? Oh. Dad, what's going on? There was a time I have three step siblings that I constantly forget I have, uh, and yeah. one of them is a a, uh, a burnout who works at a gas station, and he uh, one time my dad bought a new uh, button, <laughs> new collar shirt. I'm sorry, I can't. and my dad has like really really bad taste uh, in like men's fashion like he's wearing jeans that are too tight and styled he's wearing shirts that are too tight with like oh he's, he's fucking dressing like he's wearing like oh he my dad was like the first time i saw an obey shirt it was on my father that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> okay so your dad's dressing yeah it was, like a 21st century joe DeMombro. yes like. it's bad he's wearing like he's wearing like a, a leather like watch it's bad it's bad it's not a good look Anyway, he bought this collared shirt, this button-up shirt, and he brings it home, and he's wearing it. And you, it's the first time he's wearing it. You can tell he's excited to wear his new shirt. And you're like, that's that's not gay, 
okay? I, yeah, I'm no, not, like, you, you wear clothes that make you Everybody has seen their dad put on a piece of clothing that, in your mind, you're like, the only two people I can picture having this emotion are my father, because he's doing it in front of me right now, and a mm-hmm. eight-year-old schoolgirl. Like, that's... Yeah, because he's just, like, strutting around Yeah, the house, he's like, showing it off. Yeah, he's like, dancing. He's, <laughs> he's, he'll, like, he does, like... Check it yeah. out. Look what's on He's me. doing, like, the Clark Griswold. Like, he's, yeah, he's giving it a fucking show. Oh, God. Yeah, now I can see my exactly, dad doing that really right? easily. That's not the gay part. <laughs> but it has, like, these, like, flared-out cuffs, right? And my dad's leaving them unbuttoned. So they're kind of like mm-hmm. flopping around, and you can see that it's like it's like this like black, like almost floral kind of pattern. It's like it's like right. abstract, and then on the inside it's like white and like pearlescent, like reverse of the same. And so he has these kind of like floppy, kind of like silk, <laughs> you know, uh, fucking uh, like lacy fucking cuffs. And my stepbrother goes. You look like a gay pirate, John. <laughs> I I'm immediately like I I you know, I don't even care about my own feelings, so I'm laughing so hard right in front of my dad. And oh yeah, just I it was strange because I'd never seen like I seen my dad angry. I'd seen my dad like sob. I'd seen my dad like in all these different situations, I'd never seen my dad like humiliated <laughs> like like, like deflated and then he went back into his bedroom and he changed shirts she changed shirts no john just roll up the sleeves that sounds like a nice shirt that's actually a lie this happened out. at dinner uh he never wore the shirt after that night but it's funnier oh, okay. if you say that he just went and immediately if changed, he went and changed and that's my little okay. addition to the story but yeah. All right. Well, we'll but see yeah, which one of those that, bits makes it. To yeah, the show. that moment of having just like the, <laughs> just having the self-esteem of, of like a you know like a like a little like a nine-year-old that got new. No, shoes. no, 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 no. Like like a you know you're you're gay. You're 14 years old. It's the first time. Like you've told people that you're gay. Your family's okay with it. They're like weird. They ask weird questions, but they're okay with it. They're like generally supportive. And like, uh, you're like 15, your dad's like, so are you pitching or catching? Yeah, it's saying dumb shit. You're just like, shut the fuck up. Like, you can't talk to your family about it, but they're being not bad about it. And then... Yeah, they're not, like, kicking Yeah, you. and then, like, you're, you're, like, you go to school, and you, like, you have, like, a shirt on, and then somebody who's just like, you know, it's like, fucking gay, dude. And you're just like, yeah, it's just like, bang, like, take, bang, bang, just like... It's you right there, like you—you you were, you're all, just really pops you're your all bubble. vulnerable. You're like a raw nerve exposed to the world, and somebody just like puts their finger right in it, and it's like, like a like a load of shit from the Dave Matthews Band tour. Yeah, and in that moment, because because I've seen a picture of my dad from when he was 15 with his bell bottom jeans and his feathered hair, immediately in my mind, I was just like, it's you, it's you. I can see it because I have the bully instinct, and mm, it's chum in the water for me. It's fucking. Mm, 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 mm. Blood on the tide. Blood on the rip. Roll right, tide. So a sharp left turn back to Enron. Roll tide. <laughs> Fucking away from this bit. Yeah. So, uh, the last one is Get Shorty. Uh, they just sold electricity. They didn't own depressed demand and then purchased back the national electricity at lower price. 
Um, another thing that Enron realized and started doing was that they could literally just call a fucking power plant and tell them to shut down for a little while to increase the prices. Uh, there are lots of recorded phone calls between Enron traders and these power plants. One of them was, Hey, this is David at Enron. There's not much demand for power right now, so if we shut it down, can you bring it back in three or four hours? And guess what? The power plants would kindly oblige. Yeah, just, you know, throw a switch, shut the, <laughs> shut the generators down for a little bit, you know, go get, go get some dunks. Yep, there's a... <laughs> There's a wonderful documentary um, called Enron, the Smartest Guys in the Room, which is based off the book Enron, the Smartest Guys in the Room, uh, which is one of my main sources for this, for this series. But the documentary plays lots of these phone calls if you're interested in hearing them. Uh, to quote the governor of California at the time, Gray Davis... Quote, when you see two or three energy companies with 30 to 35% of their entire capacity down for maintenance on a single day, and as a result, the price of electricity skyrocketing, skyrocketing three or 400%, and then a week later, someone else does it in Northern California, you begin to believe there's something not smelling right there. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame this is I love this episode because this is like the perfect answer to like fool me can't get fooled libertarianism. Like yeah. this is what happens when a private company owns a common good. Yep. So Enron made money off of these schemes, but the real money was to be made on Enron's favorite thing, gambling. Futures. More specifically, gambling on whether the price of electricity would go up which, as I've pointed out, they already had a loaded deck to make that happen, essentially. Yeah, it's real easy to do that when you control the supply to it. Yep, essentially, they uh, turned the entire California energy grid into a fucking casino. And what happens at the casino? Not a casino. The house, the house always An wins. An ATM, oh, buddy. Always. There's no yeah. gambling involved. This is direct... No, they, they own the casino. They own the casino. They're the house. House always wins. Ring a ding ding, baby. As, uh. Fucking what's his As Benny from. Uh, Fallout? Yeah, Matthew Perry. <laughs> oh my god, fuck off. Stop reminding me that that was Matthew Perry. Yeah, Chandler. Chandler. In one of his most bored things he's ever done. He did a shitty voice in that Chandler is just. Oh yeah, he totally game. phoned it in the whole time. Well, he's. He was like, wait, you're gonna give me how he much? He's already money? on Friends. What else is there to do? Uh, yeah, and he doesn't even remember Friends. Yeah, yeah and then Joe, then, then they it's, went on to make another thing with, uh, you know, what's-his-face, but all they had to, all they did was just, like, Matt LeBlanc, Matt LeBlanc but the, all, the show is just old Joey. That's all the show is. Basically. It's not even, yeah, um, it's just, like, it's yeah. extended friends of hers. It's, yep. you know, c compared that performance to the performance of Sir Patrick Stewart in The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, and, you know. Oh, you mean the whole five minutes that we, he was in it? Yeah. That's that's a bit of a stretch, but they gave him a two-inch, three-ring binder that was full of information for that character. Yeah. Yep. And then and then he died within the tutorial. He dies in the tutorial. He dies as a necessity in the tutorial. Well, he's a nerd. I'm sure he enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's. I think they're just sad they couldn't get... Uh, 
not Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing was dead at that point. Um, <sighs> Christopher Lee. Yes, Christopher Lee. Thank you, because he he is the ultimate metal nerd. Yep. Or was. R.I.P. Yep. Uh, and on these bets over the years, netted Enron about two billion dollars. It's fucking more profitable than craps. Yep. Energy or electricity usually traded at about uh, the 35 to $45 range, depending on weather and maintenance and all that. Yeah. But through Enron's creative practices, they were able to push the price of wholesale electricity to over $1,000. Creative practices. Yep. A lot of, a lot of heavy lifting. Um, Language so is such a beautiful thing. You can say so much and yet so little. Yep. So, the energy crisis, rolling blackouts, and the rise of energy prices cost the government of California about 40 to $45 billion. To quote our favorite CEO of Enron during a webcast in the year 2000, quote, Ooh, a webcast! What's the difference between the Titanic and the state of California? At least when the Titanic went down, the lights were on. Hey, uh, that's funny. <laughs> Alex Jones loves loves making those. That's actually pretty funny. He loves making those jokes about the California power grid when the Texas power grid is really bad. And it's just mm. like, you know, two things can be bad at the same time, buddy. Yeah, yep. it's just the pot calling the kettle black. Like, yep. So, due to this manipulation, the market cap on retail prices kept going up and up and up and up. California utility companies had to lay off over a thousand workers. Small businesses had to close because they could simply not afford electricity to keep running their businesses. When he spoke, uh, when uh, Jeffrey Skilling spoke at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco in the year 2000, he was met with a swath of protesters, and one was in the room when he was speaking. She threw a blueberry pie in his face. I bet he sued her for assault. Uh, she did get arrested. Later, Jeffrey Skilling would say during the conference, quote, Consumers in California are angry, and they should be. And if we had anything to do with this, we are the stupidest people in the whole world. Yeah! Yeah, you guys oh are! God. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. This is... Dude, I love... I love, I love that we live in a world where the fifth largest fucking economy is just completely... One state... One, one state. state it is yes california is the fifth largest economy in the world uh, yeah if, if measured uh -huh. separate from the rest of the united states and i wish it was death clock uh, I w oh my god i wish you i wish death clock was real because at least yeah at least all the people that get murdered and destroyed and churned into fucking paste by like the state of california at least if it was death clock there'd be there'd be in a music video like it'd be, it'd be yeah, cool. it'd be a show. Like, it'd be, it, yeah, it, it, just, it wouldn't just be depressing. A, it would be like an Eli Roth movie on. Yeah, Starbucks. like if your if your like family got like shredded. Yeah, I do love that Eli Roth. If though. your family got shredded by like Eli a Eli stage Roth. on tank treads, then you get like a CD and a T-shirt in the mail from the government. That's awesome. Yep. So, uh, after the public outrage. Ken Lay, the founder of Enron, decided to fly out and have a lunch meeting with other companies, colleagues within Enron, and guess who else in the year 2000? None other than Osama movie star, the Terminator, Arnold 
Schwarzenegger. No, the no, we're not, dude. This is so serendipitous. I I watched the T two behind the scenes all day today, watching, thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is per. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking so excited. Oh my god, the universe is answering <coughs> me. It's telling me that I'm on the right path. It's. I just wanna. I just wanna stipulate that with also mentioning that Colin and I play a fun little game. Uh, where we look for Clancy Brown and things. I thought he was the biker from the beginning of T2. But it's not it's quite, actually not just quite. some no-name guy. They don't actually even put his name in the film. Uh, oh, he's, shit. He's just an uncredited he's actor? He's only credited as Cigar Biker. And that... Because <laughs> he's the guy who has a cigar, right? Uh, yeah. And then the only place that you ever find out his name is in the novelization of the movie. The novelization yes. of Terminator 2. And Fuck, they okay. also expand his character in the book by saying that he had, like, a shitty dad. Which What what a wonderful expansion. Exactly, yeah, because I needed more motivation for the guy who's supposed to get crippled by the Terminator. <laughs> totally, totally You know necessary. what? I was, yep. I was right. like, why does this guy doesn't have a mo- any motivation to beat up a naked Austrian in the middle of his fucking California meth head biker bar. Yeah, there's no reason for him to want to gut that guy like a fucking fish. No, <laughs> come on. Uh, well, it turns out it's because he had a real bad childhood. It turns so out his dad was not a great guy. <laughs> it turns out his dad wasn't That's there why enough. he had to have his arm broken on a pool table. <laughs> and have his boots and clothes and bike stolen. <laughs> He didn't have a strong moral upbringing. <laughs> Lack of strong father figures. He yeah. wouldn't have been there. So the the point of this meeting with Enron colleagues and uh, other companies and the and the Terminator the himself, not the governor. Excuse me. Not yet. The soon to be governor. Not yet. I'm getting to it, motherfuckers. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. The point of this meeting was how California needed to stay on the path to even further deregulation. And the market would eventually correct itself. And everyone at the meeting seemed like Ken Lay was trying to protect everyone from the consumer to the giant conglomerate's interests. But in reality, he was desperately trying to prevent regulation because he knew that if that happened, the house of cards that was known as Enron would completely fall apart. Oh yeah, the 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 to, to say that this company was built on a foundation of sand is a massive overstatement of their architectural ability. No, it is it is literally a house of cards. It is it as is, if they built this on a mudslide. Yeah, it's it's a glass house. So Governor at the time of the crisis, who I talked about earlier, Gray Davis, was looking like he was going to make a presidential run in 2004. And Ken Lay knew that. Hedging that, the current administration would love to make a lame duck out of uh, Gray Davis. He convinced old friend and, at the time, President of the United States, George W. Bush, that the federal government, that the federal government could not put federal price caps on California's retail electricity, and the Bush administration agreed. To quote old George W. Bush himself, quote, they know full well that my administration belief is that price controls will not solve the problem. Gray Davis made the point to Bush uh, over uh, 
they had a little meeting, Gray Davis and George W. Bush, that the whole point of the state deregulation was that they would follow the federal regulation guidelines. And Bush brushed it off as, well, that's California's problem. That's California's. You know what? I think that really sets a precedent for uh, conservative uh, administrations in the 21st century. It's just by saying, well, that's California's problem. Yep. I'm so glad that we're um, talking about the Bush family and that we're about to circle back to Arnold Schwarzenegger because it's just, again, serendipity. It's just... Oh, Colin's got Colin's got a perfect tee up, it sounds I do. like. FERC, uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, also refused to do anything. And interestingly, the new chairman at the time of... Uh, at the time... The chairman of FERC, a guy named Pat Wood, who was appointed by the Bush administration, and Ken Lay himself personally recommended Pat Wood for the job. Oh, there's no way that could go wrong. FERC sounds like a uh, South American militia group. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, uh, regional price caps were implemented, it's ending there's, there's the energy far, crisis. Uh, eventually, yeah, regional price caps were implemented, en uh, ending the energy crisis, but was one of the biggest political stances taken during Gray Davis's recall and replaced by none other than the man who was good buddies with Ken Lay, Arnold Schwarzenegger. The governor! The governor! Yeah. Awesome, dude. Dude, oh my god. Because they, they, like, that was one of the biggest things in Gray Davis's recall was that, look how badly he handled this. And it's like, I'm not saying he handled it great, but I'm saying that he did try a little bit. It's, you know, the Arnold, Schwe Arnold Schwarzenegger was the politician for the 21st century. Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion. He, it really was... He sure was the Ronald Reagan it, of the 21st century. I mean, it, was, uh, it was kind of like, like, you know, obviously voting for Ronald Reagan as president you know i don't think it was as dissonant uh but like definitely voting for him as governor is pretty dis maybe not as like california california it's like yeah we elect actors sometimes like we we do we send them to the senate Cali california we send them to the, send them to the governorship like uh, we just do that sometimes because there's a lot of them here right so like that that's like normal for governor uh like but like the idea that like nationally people got excited like and people who California. people who wouldn't like normally be excited about a republican governor like who because it's the fucking terminator yeah, it's the fucking yeah, it's terminator not, it's, it's a, a terminator dude so in the behind the scenes footage i watched today, that would be like that would be like them like electing predator to the governor oh, the predator you know, you know should be most governors be are predators like, in fact they're part of my uh, viral movement too. It'd be like a head crab Credit. becoming like Secretary of Energy. Uh, it's uh, yes, the uh, fucking Rex uh, uh, Rex Tillerman was a, a, a head crab. It's like voting Judy Greer as the fucking uh, governor of Michigan. Like, yeah, she's an incredible actress, but no, no, no. But like, uh, there's there's a scene of Arnold, a scene. There's footage of Arnold on the campaign trail with George H.W. Bush, like, uh, campaigning with him. Uh, and, and 
the, the it's the behind the scenes documentary cut it perfectly because they just cut it where it's like it's the Terminator, <laughs> like like perfect Flanders Bush voice, and then and then it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger holding George Bush's fist in the air. And you're looking at him, and by the look on George Bush's face, even through the smile, and by just how I can see his arm moving, the only thing holding that limb to George H.W. Bush's body by the end of that fucking speech was his fucking suit jacket. Like, completely, <laughs> completely disconnected. 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 Gone. Just Gone. a loose limb. I- I was gonna say, did he pick Poppy Bush up and just shake him like a doll? See, like yeah. <laughs> See, that's how you fucking know that these fucking ghouls are drinking adrenochrome. Because that's the only way you can regrow a limb like that fucking chameleon. <laughs> um, and to end this episode, I will uh, give you guys a, a, a short but sweet little uh, little side note here. Ooh. Oh, boy, I love science. In a 2007 study by the Department of Energy, uh, data by Public Power and Interest, retail prices rose much more from 1999 to 2007 in states that adopted deregulation than those that did not. So, it's almost almost like like deregulation only works in the interest of conglomerates and corporations... And that those conglomerates and corporations don't give a fuck about anybody. I mean, it's literally like every single, like, seriously, like... As long as you go to work and work at the Amazon warehouse and and pay your shitty bills, uh, they don't give a fuck about you. Like, seriously, like, look, look, literally anywhere. Like, look, look at the fucking, the, the tribals in fucking South Korea. Like, look at the, the young millionaires in China. Like, look at, like... This is just what happens everywhere uh, when you do not heavily regulate, when the government gives people an inch, corporate interest takes a mile. So, like, you can't, like, you can't just, you can't let them because they will always abuse it as much as they can, as far as they can, because that's what you're supposed to do. Because that's that's, that's literally that's, that's literally as win. soon as that's how you're supposed as to soon win. As, as soon as the deregulation bills came down, fucking. Um, God, what's his fucking name? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Tim Belden immediately was like, "Let's find loopholes." Of course, of course. This is this is money. Like, I think that's what people don't understand that this is fucking money, and that to you, oh, yeah. money is money, but to them, money is everything. And I don't mean it is. Survival. It's not just. It's not even just like survival. It's everything. It's not even making money. It's it's, it's making it seem like you and make making money. more money. Like making more money, making more and more money. There is never an amount that that is the goal. It is to continue to make money forever. Like that is. It is simply more. It is money. just accumulation, and that's why those guys at the top. That's why those guys are just like burnt out fucking dopamine addicts like desperately like pushing their fucking crusted over pineal glands but going to the strip club getting drunk doing these drugs living these reckless lifestyles gambling having these frivolous expenses because there's nothing else for them to enjoy like like this is like it's it's all they've got the only way that they can get any sensation 
at all. Yeah, it's the only thing that gets their fucking t because gets their fucking they've testes hollowed themselves out to just be pure hunger, pure want. Yeah, yeah. But there is a, there is a, there is a. Uh, I would suggest everybody to watch the uh, the Enron documentary because there is one dude who they interview quite a bit in it who is a traitor at Enron, and you see it in this guy's eyes that he is a fucking psychopath. Of course. Oh, just a total ghoul. They're all fucking dude. You that's it's literally you have to be like that is like that's the problem, right? Like that's what we talk about. Like you know. Like, how could, like, we talk about, like, past societies. We talk about, like, how could they do X, Y, or Z thing? That must have been barbaric. And it's like, no, it's really easy to justify and rationalize things to yourself. And to set up things in a way that the people in charge are the people most comfortable with making those kinds of decisions. Uh, the mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. guess what? Yeah, the guy, it's really easy. When, when it's a bad, tough decision where you're going to hurt a bunch of people, the guy who makes the decision quickly is probably the guy you look to. And he's also the guy who doesn't really give a shit. That's why he could make it that quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, uh, part four of Enron next week, or uh, this week. Yes, Getting we two will be this doing week. a double release this week. Um, one on Wednesday and one on Friday. Yep. Uh, so, it's going to be a busy week for us, but we will make sure to pump out a couple episodes for you since we had no release last week. Um, we will be moving back to our regular release schedule. Thank you for bearing with us. Yep, Tyler, um, the, the Mama Bird had a really shitty week. Mama Bird had a uh, little bent wing. Mom, Mama Bird very busy with day job and very, sh very She's shitty week. Gathering worms day and night. And and I'm I'm gonna be honest with listeners here for a minute is uh my job is very tiring yeah. and. Uh, a lot of the time when I get home, I don't have the energy to uh, put into recording, but I'm I'm trying. And we might skip a week every once in a while. We might, you know, get a little get a little off with our schedule. But hey, you'll get it eventually. It's we we are constantly working to get things out for you. Even yep. And I don't I I I don't I would much rather push it back by a week and give everybody a, a better episode than to just kind of not definitely not be into it especially if it's it's an episode that i'm doing oh, yeah. so love you guys appreciate everything uh all of our listeners out there listening yeah, of course. Thank you for listening to Worst in the Industry. Yeah. This has been yet another episode. Justin um, told me last night that there's people that I don't even know that listen to this, so That's I appreciate true. you. No, that is, that is true. It was really funny, actually. I mentioned that one of my coworkers listened to the show, and Tyler was like, what? That's somebody that we know. Uh, is there? Do you think we have international listeners? Can we track that? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to double-check our metrics, but in I any hope... case, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, folks at home. Yep. Uh, bye. Kisses. Love you.